Welcome to All the Little F's podcast where we talk faith, family, fun in no particular order because like most things, these subjects intertwine. I'm your hostess, Martha, and joining me is my mister, Marvell. Peace. Hello, everyone. The topic today, what's, do you know our topic? <laughs> you never know the topic. I never know the topic. So we're doing some ghost busting today. Ghost busting. Yeah. It's a great topic. Have you ever seen a ghost? Actually, I mean, what the world considers a ghost, I have seen a ghost before. It was disturbing at the time. I was only like a ninth grader, and it was a shocking situation. It was one of those surreal moments. Yes. You saw a ghost? Well, what the world calls a ghost, but I call it, it was a spirit, as with my with knowledge and understanding now. It's, it was a spirit, an entity, not necessarily a human ghost walking around in our house, but I saw something, a shadow figure. You know, I grew up right in front of a uh, cemetery. Like, my my bedroom window looked... <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> overlooked. Yeah, I, I've seen many of hearses go up and down and... Mm. You know, in the middle of the night, getting up and looking out there and like, do I see anything? Yeah. Never seeing anything. Yes. <laughs> and wow. I used to love this Disney movie, The Child of Glass, where the, the little girl is a ghost. And wow. my mind would just like wander and like, why don't I see the child right. of glass? <laughs> I literally remember this book in elementary school, one of my favorite books. When they used to have you read a book, and then once you finish reading the book and prove it to your teacher that you read it, they get you get the free voucher for a pan pizza. So Jeffrey in the third, first grade ghost, third grade ghost. That's that's how I go. Jeffrey in the third, first grade ghost. Then Jeffrey in the second grade ghost. Jeffrey in the third. It was just a ghost buddy that he talked to, and I was like, and it gets your mind wandering, you know, because I actually believed in ghosts to a degree. You know, according to what my grandparents taught me, you know, ghosts were real, you know. My granddad used to say that, um, oh, if you drive by a graveyard at night, you know, some, you know, back in the day, like something would happen, like something, one of them would jump in your car and you would feel your car go down a little bit. Like, okay, a ghost is heavy. You know, I had a warped understanding of spirituality growing up. Yeah, I never believed in ghosts. My mom was like, no, you know, people can't haunt you. You know, they're not floating around. or not. So I, I had a solid a solid thought there. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. I'm, like, I don't have any stories like how how, how you do. It's just, with, yeah. with my mom, like, there were stories about, Oh, this place is haunted, or mm. so and so, you know, saw something. Right. But no, it's just you know, it's always secondhand accounts. Right, and that's mostly what I had, except for that one incident. I joke you not. My grandmother went to Wednesday night church meeting. I didn't go that night. I stayed home. My granddaddy was sleep on the couch, and I was sitting on the couch like right there looking down the kitchen hallway all the way to the bathroom nobody's in the house with us and when i look down the hallway no joke the kit bathroom light was on therefore 
there was um if someone was standing in the bathroom their shadow would cast into the hallway i looked down that hallway and all of a sudden i saw this shadow figure casting into the hallway as though someone was standing in the bathroom it was just there i can't remember if it had an what i consider an afro it, it was a it looked like a fro like a, a hairdo just like a regular afro round head maybe it didn't have long hair it was just a round head you know what i mean and it was obviously some something i don't know what it was but now i know it was some you know what i believe in now we're gonna get into it within this story with our with this um podcast so what's our first so let's fall into yeah the scripture and what the bible says our first scripture what is genesis Two, two and seven. seven and this goes along with what we believe in we believe in the scriptures expressly what it says so we're going to get into what we know about spirits or man where man is man a ghost floating around we're going to let the scriptures tell that what the bible talked you know so we're going to read genesis 2 7 and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So we got to break down those what they said. It said, and man became a living soul after the Lord God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life or his spirit. And a lot of people get that mixed up, but his spirit that's power he breathes it into you now you're alive you can think you can move around when that breath of life leaves you you go back to the dust and we're going to read that also i'm not going to tell you everything we're going to read that yeah there's this um i don't know if you call it you know like a little like meme or something mm -hmm. that when they count we're a living soul for example, when they count people that go on the plane, they would refer to them as there are a hundred living souls yeah. on this flight yeah. or likewise on a boat. Or, you know, there's a hundred and fifty. Yeah. In case that there was an soul. accident, they would then report there is 50 living souls, 10 uh, dead souls, right. uh, you know, so many unaccounted for. I've heard that before. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So if the Lord gives and then the Lord takes, you became what he, you, he says that you became that. You became the living soul. Yes. So if he removes what he gave you, then you are a dead soul. Right. Exactly. So, um, so yes, we're going next to confirm what Moses wrote in Genesis. We're going to Job 27, 1 through 3. And Job is going to confirm what Moses said. And here it is. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who have taken away my judgment, and the Almighty, who have, have vexed my soul, all the while my breath is in me, the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. That's the breath. It's not some ghost inside of his nostrils. He's saying... The breath, basically. My lips shall speak wick my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. So he's basically letting you know that breath 
that spirit of God is in his nostrils. He's alive. He's not going to speak evil or wickedness or, you know. Yeah, he's confirming what Genesis just said, that just, the breath of life entered through the nose and he's a living soul. Correct. And that it will return or it can return to God. Yes. So, so also, we're going to get David to confirm what Moses wrote about the breath and where man goes after he um, dies, so to speak. You know, he's the breath of life interests into him and he is alive. But when that breath leaves, you become a dead soul. You just go back to the dust where God formed man from in the beginning. So that is um, Psalm 146. I'm just going to start at the top of that. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have being, have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. And that very day, his thoughts perish. So David's basically letting you know, don't trust in man, trust in the word of God, obviously. And um, once the breath leaves man, he goes back to the earth. And in that very day, your thoughts perish. So you're not walking around, you know, entreating women, you know, trying to communicate with your family. Yeah. You ain't doing all of that. Writing all those wrongs. You know? Yeah, I love how people say that they're going to haunt you, you know? Yeah. I'll haunt you if you don't do this for me. Right? You... <laughs> Once that breath of life leaves you, you you're going back to the dirt. To you're the going dust. back to the dust. You're unconscious. You don't think. You don't hate. Who are you to say like you have some power over <laughs> your body after death right. that you're going to con continue on? I'm going to yeah. walk around and I'm going to get in cars and <laughs> I'm going to go to space. And, you know, no, you're not doing anything. You're, you're, that's it for you under the sun. So, yeah, we're going to um, also hit another scripture and we're going to let Paul speak on the matter. And he's going to speak to you concerning David, a patriarch, someone we know is going to be in the kingdom. He's going to be a saint. He's going to be king in Israel. Uh, we know Jesus is Lord of Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lord, the God, all, all God Almighty. So we're going to let Paul speak on this. So we're going to start at Acts 2, 29. Through 30, then we're going to skip to 34. I might just continue the rest of the way, but I'm, we're going to see. I'm just going to start. Okay, Acts 2 and 29. says, Men and brethren, let me speak, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Okay, and now we are going to skip down to 34. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he hath 
but he saith himself, the Lord said to said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. So Paul is basically letting you know that David ain't ascended up to heaven. There's nobody in heaven. David was, he died and he was buried and he's waiting for the resurrection. Like all of us will, will be waiting if, if we're not alive when Christ returns. So that's just a quick breakdown of that's David. So if David ain't risen up, he ain't in heaven. And David himself, we read Psalms um, 146. David himself spoke to you and let you know that man goes back to the dust and you don't think. You don't have any thoughts. That very day your thoughts perish. And then Paul is just speaking of David. David is dead and buried. So that's that's a three-way confirmation of a fact or a matter of fact for y'all, our Christian brothers and sisters out there, definitely Sunday church Christians that still believe that as soon as you die, you go to heaven or hell. So what do you guys say about that? You got anything to add on that, babe? I was just going to say, yeah, that John uh, 3 um, also confirms that no man has ascended into heaven. Anytime. That yeah. Is, that is correct. Check out John 3, y'all, when you get a chance. We're actually going to end up reading that at some point. Yeah. So just to coattail all of this and just lay down the facts, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and we're going to confirm it. Prophets. Apostles, they're going to confirm everything we're saying. The word of God is going to confirm itself. So we just read that no man has ascended. So there's you're not floating in heaven. We're not leaving. Where are we going then? When we die, where do we go? That's a good point. So I'm going to go right back to Genesis. And I'm just going to confirm after God laid the punishments down for Adam what was going to happen to him when he dies and that he was going to die in fact he wasn't meant to die but because of the transgression these are the punishments that God did give Adam and it reigned all the way to us to this day so that is um, Genesis 3 and we're going to start at 17 through 19 and here it is and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of the out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return. And that's kind of just to the point. Once the breath of life leaves you, you the, that's the dust. You're going back to the dust, and that's why at every funeral they take you to the to the graveyard to bury you. Nobody's ascending up to heaven. Nobody's going to the lake of fire yet. Christ hasn't returned. So nobody's being judged yet. And we read that in Revelation, but still there's still people that teach somebody's dead and they're in heaven, smiling down, looking down, 
or rolling over in their graves, rolling over in their graves, <laughs> saying, "I used to hear, yeah, you know," or somebody's being barbecued in hell because yeah. they was evil. Maybe so, but the Bible doesn't say they're going to hell immediately. There's a time for everything, and that's either that's the the judgment. So that's the resurrection. So. I hope that clears up a lot, but we're gonna we we ain't done yet. We're gonna hit it, hit you with some more scriptures. Yeah, and even in I think it was Psalms one forty three, it says that the Lord remembers that we are formed of the dust and that we are we are dirt. You know, right? Absolutely. So once He removes, you know, the breath of life from us, mm-hmm. that returns back to Him. Right. You're going back to the ground from where He formed us. You know, that's why you never dig up a, a meaty, fleshy human. You you dig up the bones of that person. Right. We're I, just going to decay and go back to the, the... Back to the earth. Yeah, that that prophecy, yeah. you know. Lord's word won't come back void. You know, that's the truth. So, yeah, so I think we kind of hit it home on what the Bible says about man. Whether you're a ghost when you die, or you go to heaven or hell, I think we kind of confirmed that. So if anybody want to debate debate that, or has any scriptures pertaining to that matter that they disagree, please hit us up, and we'll give you some information at the end of this video how that how to do so. But furthermore, we're going to get into where we have done research and found where that idea that slipped into the church of man dying and going into going to heaven or whatever ghosts walking around and how hollywood just portrayed that and just filtered it and everybody believes it and not knowing the scriptures they err in not knowing the scriptures so a little bit of research on how that slipped into a modern culture and modern religion so here is a, a term that I want y'all to jot down and do some research on. And it's called metempsychosis. And I'm going to read it, what that, what that is and where it came from. So metempsychosis is a concept from Greek philosophy, which is similar to reincarnation. Metempsychosis is also called transmigration of the soul. Although... Zeno, Xenophans clearly finds the idea ridiculous. He's somebody from Greece, Greek philosopher in the ancient times. The fragment shows that Pythagoras believed in it or reincarnation. He believed in the magic of the gods and was influenced by the cult that worshiped the god Dionysus, false god Dionysus. The Church of Scientology also believes in metempsychosis. You see, these modern day churches, that's one of them. They believe in it. But they say you will live multiple lives as they believe you can remember the knowledge from the different lives you've lived and achieve something like godhood. That's kind of what man is trying to do. What did, what, did, what did Satan tell Eve in the garden? Be like gods, knowing good and evil. And most Sunday Christians believe the through ignorance. 
that you go to heaven or hell when you die. But the false teachings of metempsychosis goes further. Back then, Greece, it goes all the way back to Nimrod in the Tower of Babel in the land of Shinar. And we got a little bit more on metempsychosis, and I'm sure you can find a lot more if you do your own research yeah, about the topic. The way we talked a few um, podcasts ago about the Marvel heroes, about how it's just, you know, um, a new rulership comes into power. They mm. just take the old gods, give it a new name. False and give doctrines, it, yeah. everything. I mean, the Catholic Church doesn't deny this. What that's had happened with the statues and deities that they have there, right. they come in. We, I believe that they said that they wanted um, to persuade them to have strong convictions. So let them keep their statues, mm. and we'll just give them some arbitrary Christian saint uh, name. Yeah, saint name. Right. So false deity, false god. They just oh. Uh, uh, what is it? Saints, whoever, right? Yeah, pushing you into Saint Valentine, pushing you into idolatry, enforce, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reinforcing that false ideology to this day, and here's more on metempsychosis. This is why most churches today believe in the soul flies away after death. Metempsychosis all has always been. The accepted belief of many of the m most intelligent members of the race, so they say, it is found to have been the inner doctrine of the ancient Egyptians, that's farther back than Greece and Romans, and was held in the highest regard by the great thinkers of the ancient Western world, such as Pythagoras. Empedocius, Plato, Virgil, and Ovid. Plato's teachings were filled with the doctrine. Hindu philosophies are also based upon it. The Persian Magi held implicitly, implicitly to it. The ancient Druids, as ancient Druids, that would be the ancient Italians, I'm assuming. Could be wrong, don't quote me on that. And the priests of Gaul taught it. Traces of the doctrine are found in the records of the ancient races of the Aztecs, the Peruvians, and other old people of the New World. The Eleusinians, Mysteries of Greece. The Romans, Mysteries of the Temple. The Inner Doctrine of the Kabbalah of the Hebrews. All were based upon the doctrine of metempsychosis. The early Romans, Christians, that's the after Israel was dismantled, these are the false church Roman Christians, which is the Roman Catholic Church to this day. Fathers, the Gnostics, and the Mancinians, Mancinian, Mancinians, and other early Christians. Secrets believed in it. 
the great philosophers, ancient and modern, treated it with respect, if indeed they did not fully accept it. In many cases, encyclopedia, this is why most Christians believe in the soul fly away. These doctrines are not found in the Bible. These are the doctrines Paul was encountering when he was teaching the Gentiles about Jesus. He had to rebuke metempsychosis. And like I heard a brother say, he said, and you're crazy and psychotic if you believe in it. But, you know, we're trying to just humbly teach the word and give some informative information on where these false doctrines come from. And I, I employ all Sunday Christians, brothers and sisters. I was there too in the dark and the light had to shine on me for to get some understanding. Do some research, study, and um, show yourself approved. Yeah, when you when you do have that, that knowledge and you do study and you find out like the roots and the origins to things, you know, it, it brightens up and it makes you, you know, understand more. It reminds me of Paul's writing when he's talking to, I don't know which church, but he's telling them, um, don't worry about, you know, the Sabbath that you keep or the new moon. Mm -hmm. You know, people are, you know, if, you know, people are judging you. Right. And he's the modern to, churches, the, 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 the modern churches says, well, it's because, you know, you can worship the Lord on any day. Right. When he's just, talking he, to converts, like right. people that just came out of paganism, paganism, people that just came out of worshiping false gods. He's telling them, look, you're going to see people over here worshiping the sun and they're going to be over here doing wicked things. And they're going to try to bring you back into that. Don't be judged. Yeah. Right. I've taught you right. Just do Stick right. To it. Stick to the righteous path, that narrow path. He's talking to converts there. Right. And he actually starts it off, I believe. With saints and faithful brethren. Now he lets you know what who he's talking to. Yeah. If you read chapter one. But they go to chapter. I think that might be chapter. Um, it might be Colossians. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I like to get that and verify it. But they'll go to that two or three. And try to say that. Oh see Paul said you don't let nobody judge you. And I'm like brother. And let's go to chapter one. To see who Paul moon. is talking to. Which Sabbath you keep or which new moon. Yeah, your meats, things meats, like that. Yes. But mind you, he's talking to converts. He's talking to new Christians, right. babes in right. the word. Right. Like trying to strengthen their, strengthen faith. their faith. Like, look, you know, you're not eating catfish anymore. I know they're going to have a catfish fry tomorrow. I cats, know it's going to. But look, we don't do that anymore. Right. You know, right. I know tomorrow's December 25th and they're going to be worshiping. and big, Yeah. But look, we don't do that anymore. Right. You're converted. You... You're going to keep the <laughs> Sabbath and they're going to be on Sunday. Don't do it. Don't let them bring you back into it. He's talking to the faithful brethren and the saints. And a Christian, Sunday Christian, will throw that at you and be like, see? Every time. Look. And you be like, brother, do you understand who Paul is talking to? Oh, my goodness. It's a, it's a hard one. I love y'all. But I'm just saying, humbly, I'm just saying, do some studying and researching and just confirm everything. So, yeah, I would like to throw another scripture in there just confirming about all what the prophet said and what the disciples said. 
And this is from Amos. And it's just letting you know that the Lord is, re he revealed all of his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So they wrote everything. He gave them all the understanding. So we're going to go to Amos 3, 6 through 7. And here it is. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city? And the Lord has not done it. Surely the Lord God will do nothing but reveal it. He, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. So Moses wrote down all everything. The prophets after him confirmed everything that he wrote. And the disciples just continued confirming everything. And Jesus confirmed it also. So what we read about the soul the dust of the ground, the breath of life, the spirit of God, which is his breath that keeps you alive. When that goes, you become a dead soul. The prophets already wrote about this. David wrote about this. Paul wrote about this also. And it's just that's how you confirm a fact. You don't just say something, write a verse, read a verse, and that's a fact. No, you have to confirm it. Two or more witness is a fact established. And I think I'm going to get that verse by the end of this, this video, just to let you hear that, that you brothers out there that are Christians and y'all Sunday Christians, y'all got to be strong in this word. Y'all got to come with more than one fact. If you're trying to prove something that you just say, or you just read one scripture, that ain't how you confirm a fact. According to the Bible, I'd like to give you that sword of the spirit. Have more than one person saying the same thing. Two or more witness is a fact established. So, yeah, we're going to start with um, another verse. This is a heavy hitter in the New, New Testament for y'all, brothers and sisters. It's John 3, and I'm going to start at 11 through 13. And it uh, goes this. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up into heaven, up to heaven, but he that hath, hath he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So that's Jesus confirming that ain't no man ascended up to heaven. Ain't nobody died. And went up there where Christ Jesus and the Father resides. And the holy angels. Ain't nobody ascended up. Man dies and he goes back to the dust of the ground. Where the Lord God formed him from in the beginning. Right. So that's from the mouth of Jesus. John wrote it. So where do you get this? You know, ask your preacher where, where you derive this belief that we're... Flying off to heaven. Yeah, they're looking down. They're happy now. What if they're not happy? What if they see something terrible yeah, that right. they didn't want to see? They ain't happy then. No, they're not looking down. They're asleep, as the scripture calls it. A lot of times the Bible calls death sleep. Even that, even even that belief, oh, they're in heaven having, you know, emotions. Well, that goes against what the scripture says. Right. You know, earlier we read that 
you know, once you're you're thoughts dead, your, your thoughts perish. Yeah, that's from David in Psalms one forty. Yeah, then there's other scriptures where um, it describes the angels. You know, once once we're in the kingdom, there is no, I guess, fleshly desires in right, the same way. Right, correct, and that goes into. Also, the false doctrine is taught about angels in Genesis sleeping with women. Angels don't have fleshly desires like that. Although they have intuition as far as to sin and do evil, which was why the fall was caused in heaven. But of the flesh, sexuality, none of that. No, that doesn't exist within in the spirit realm, you know. But even, yeah, even again, the thought, like, why wouldn't they think? That that's a blasphemous thought to say that an angel can come down and procreate with <laughs> a fleshly oh. creature. Right. And then have that human produce an offspring. Right. Would, a... would that not be blasphemy? Wow. For years we have said this or believed this. Right. Why has never crossed anybody, you know? Right. How can that be so? Not to mention Christ clears all that up. He clears that up when he's speaking to Nicodemus. And then when he's talking to the brother about um, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees was asking him a question about whose wife will the woman be in heaven if all the brothers were with her because one died and the other brother had to have a son by yeah. her from his brother that died and never had a child. And then if he dies, and the third brother, and I think it went to like five brothers. Yeah, I she guess. she married all of the brothers, all the brothers and outlived them all. Outlived them so all. Who does she, who's she died wife also. Is she? Whose wife would she be in heaven? And Christ had to clear that up. <laughs> there ain't no giving in marriage in heaven. Like the angels in heaven, their man will be like them. No fleshly desires once you are, how do you say, resurrected. And you're, in the, you're a spirit transformed so yeah now those are another other false doctrines okay so yeah we're gonna hit, go with another scripture and this is on um, first corinthians 15 20 through 23 and um here we just got um brother paul just speaking about christ but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. There ain't nobody rose from the dead yet. Christ was the only one that rose from the dead and lived forever. He ascended up and he said that we read that earlier. He ascended up because that's where he came from. Man came from the dust of the ground. Man is not a spirit being yet until the resurrection. So Christ, the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, which is Adam, by man also the resurrection of the dead. Christ had to come in the flesh and get us up out of this death sentence. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming so his coming will be the first resurrection of the saints. And there's criteria in, um, about the saints. That's in, um, you know, what is that? Um, Ecclesiastes 12, is that 13? I think. Okay. 
about the saints, the patience of the saints, oh, and then in Revelations, Revelations, the patience of the saints. Some of y'all should read that and see what the criteria is for a saint. And um, that's just Paul's letting you know that um, ain't nobody resurrected until Christ come. Then the first resurrection. The second resurrection, resurrection will be the white throne judgment in which everybody will be judged. But the saints ain't going to have to be judged. They're going to be resurrected when he show up. They're going to be just like him, you know. And they're not going to have to worry about the judgment. Okay, Christ promised the apostles that, that they would have thrones also and they will be judging matters at that time so read more on that and you can find out you know i'll try to get the scriptures on that by the end of this so yeah so um yeah this next scripture will be john 6 38 through 40 then i'm gonna do some skipping and we're gonna try to hit home a point here that jesus is trying to make about man that in the resurrection confirming that man that die is going in the dust of the ground and he ain't coming up until one of the resurrections. Whether that's the first resurrection or the second one. Here it is. John 3, 6, 38 through 40. Then we're going to skip. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that all that of all which he hath given me i should lose nothing but should raise it up up again at the last day now we're going to skip to 44 no man came no man can come to me except the father which has sent sent me draw him and i will raise him up at the last day he's just gonna he, he's hit it home again nobody's getting raised up until the last day now we're going to go to 54. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drink of my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's more than once Christ is explaining. Ain't nobody coming up. Nobody's getting raised up until his return. And then after that, after the thousand year millennia, then the, the white throne judgment which is the people that weren't sainthoods, weren't worthy. And they can still make it, but they got to go through the judgment. So that's that process that has to happen. Just confirming what we've read in Colossians that, you know, there's an order to things. Correct. Okay, now we're going to go back to Job and we're going to um, continue on this. We're just bringing all the heavy hitters out. Just to confirm a matter. And um, here's Job 14. We're going to start at 14. Then we're going to go to 10 through 15. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. 15... 10 through 15. But man dieth and wasted away. Yeah, man give up the ghost, the breath. And where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the flood decayeth, dryeth up. 
So man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake nor be raised out of their sleep. And that confirming what Christ said, I'm going to raise yeah. you up at the last day. Ain't nobody <laughs> rose up. Job is just confirming that. And then Christ confirms it, which was in John. Just confirms him. You lie, man lies down and he don't rise no more. You know, that's it. So that that's pretty like, whew, that just gets right to the point. So I don't know about these pastors out here just teaching somebody's in heaven. I mean, some of y'all brothers and sisters need to get these scriptures and just go to your pastor, you know, humbly and ask him about this and show him the scriptures. Maybe he don't know. Maybe it's time for you to get that understanding, that sword of the spirit and help him out, you know, and edify the, the congregation on these matters. So without any further ado, that's that. So we're going to end this off with a cautionary tale of something um, not to, to be doing. familiar spirits. Talking to familiar spirits and trying to deal with the dead. And clearly we know the dead don't think, they don't talk. You can't conjure them up by dealing with some medium or some psychic. And it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And we're going to read this cautionary tale. And this is from the first king of Israel, Saul. So this is and during his calamity when he had done wrong and transgressed against the Lord and the Lord was going to hand his kingdom over to David. And we know he was the next king of Israel, second king. And here it is. Um, that is um, 1 Samuel 28. We're going to start at 3. Now Samuel was dead and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Gil Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor, and all disguised himself, and Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up, whom I shall name unto thee. We're going to skip down to 11. Then said the woman, To whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And then the woman saw Samuel, and she cried. Now, mind you, Saul had put them all out of the land because the Lord commanded this. It's an evil thing to be dealing with medium sorcerers or people who divine familiar spirits. Now, he's breaking the law right here, hardcore. Now, he's already in trouble with the Lord. The Lord ain't answering him. Now, he done doubled down. 
she cried a lot with a loud voice and the woman spake to Saul saying why hast thou deceived me for thou art Saul and the king said unto her be not afraid for what sawest thou and the woman said unto Saul I saw gods ascending out of the earth and he said unto her what form is he of and she said an old man cometh up and he is covered with a mantle and Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself who's he's bowing down to right he ain't supposed to be dealing with this woman he's in violation he's talking to a familiar spirit an entity that seeks his destruction and you know we'll see how we, it, it ends badly I think if you any of y'all brothers and sisters out there have read it y'all already know Saul's transgressions but I'm gonna continue reading yeah a little and bit in more. Leviticus he knows like he's he 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 should have you know he does know um you know with reading Leviticus that he should have seek after these familiar spirits Correct. because just seeking after them can um defile him right and he, he, you know, he was already in transgression and wasn't getting mm -hmm. any answers from the Lord. And he was just doing whatever he can do. Just that, that spirits was on him. So we're going to skip down to 17 now. Um, okay, well, okay, we're going to continue. And Samuel said to Saul, <laughs> why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up as if this familiar spirit woman this sorcerer or this medium could do that and Saul answered I am sore distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God is departed from me and answered me no more neither by prophet nor by dreams therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do then said Samuel wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is disparted, departed from thee and is become thine enemy. What, what you talking to me for? <laughs> and the Lord have done to him as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executed his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thy with thee into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. Now this is what he just got. You know, kind of like a death sentence, basically. You know, this spirit actually wasn't lying. If you are, we already know what happened to Saul, but. He wasn't supposed to, he was supposed to get on his knees and pray to the Lord and beg for mercy and forgiveness. Even kind of like what David did when he transgressed. He wasn't supposed to go double down and talk to a <laughs> demonic spirit. Yeah. As though he's actually raising, she was raising Saul up. And he can get information from Saul and Saul and he would be an intercessor to, to God for him again. That was madness. Moreover, the Lord will deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shall thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And, you know, that's just a cautionary tale. 
about brothers and sisters that um, fall into these other religions, talking about delivering with, dealing, dealing with spirits, you know, talking to the dead. There's nobody dead that's risen other than Christ, you know. Yeah. So to recap, once you die, you draw that last breath. That's that breath returns to to God. And I, then that breath or the spirit or the ghost, it's all the same. It's not literal ghosts walking around. That's the ghost, the breath, the spirit. That's God's power that keeps you alive. And that's confirmed in the scriptures also. Do your research and study. And that's kind of where we're going to end that at. The breath at. goes back and then you go into the dirt. You go to the dust where man came from. Where you from. originally came from. Right. That's, uh, you got anything else to add to that, baby? I don't have any other verses to add to what we read this evening. But we can end it in Ecclesiastes, how we usually do. Oh, yes, definitely. Ecclesiastes 12, four, 12 um, 13 through 14. And let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's your job outside of your other jobs. That's your number one job right there. Fear God and keep the commandments. Mm -hmm. So thanks for tuning in, for listening to us. If you have any questions, comments, you could email us at all the little F's podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, the same, all the little F's podcast. And we'd love to hear what you have to say. Have that open conversation with our listeners. Hopefully we edified y'all with this information. Um, I'm humbly just, you know, tell you just research, do more study and research. And every let every man be a liar, but the word of God be true. So yeah, you have to confirm everything say. you say. Yeah, you have to it's confirm. Like, read along with us, but don't don't take us for truth. You know, right? Seek so. out to to prove us wrong. You know, and let the let God be true. Right. Anything that's else? A, I think Nothing that's about else? it. All right. Well, Thank until you very next much time. for tuning in.